Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to C3 Corumbans podcast. We want you to know that you are loved by a God who is love. So good to have you with us. Why don't you enjoy this week's sermon? All right, we have our Focus Sunday today. And what we do on Focus Sunday every year is just speak about our focus for the year ahead. What are we uh, as a church collectively looking at, pursuing, chasing, growing in? And so we want to talk about that today, but it's also something else. I'll, I'll just touch on it quickly for the end, but we'll explain in more depth later. Once every five years, or well, I shouldn't say all, the majority of churches in Australia from all denominations do a survey called the NCLS, National Church Life Survey. And we get given about six-week period to conclude that. So with Christmas and COVID and online, we haven't had a chance just yet. So we are going to do that. We're going to do a slightly shorter service today. If you need to leave at 11, you can do that. If you uh, haven't been a member here for, for maybe six months, you can don't have to stay around if you'd rather go. But for our members here, and it's only going to take about 15 minutes, but it's such a great thing for us to discover your thoughts and feelings towards church. And it's anonymous. You don't put your name on it. We'll explain more at the end. But it's an honor to get to partner with all churches, denominations in Australia, Anglicans, Catholics, all the Pentecostals and all those kind of ones, Baptists. They, they all do this. And uh, we get to start to see different areas of strengths and weaknesses in our church. And so once again, you do not have to do it. It's completely anonymous. We'll preach now and look at our focus for the year. And then anyone who's willing to stick around, will do that survey in about 15 minutes after the service. Is that cool? Yeah. Housekeeping. I hate housekeeping. Toilets are outside, uh, male on the first on the right, females are last on the right. There was an odd smell coming out of there this morning for some reason, not looking at anyone in particular. And so my brother John has poured water and detergent down there to try and get a better smell in there. Housekeeping rules are finished. Emergency exits are on the street. Points are there and there. Uh, the aisles are going to light up in the case of a crash. All right, fair enough. Let's go. So talking about our focus for the year, and last year, our entire year, we as a church wanted to push into the topic of walking in Him. What does that mean? And, and for us, what we saw in 2020 when the whole world was thrown online with COVID is that there was a large number of Christians who stopped going to church. Everyone was forced to stop for a while, but these large number of Christians didn't return to church. They never came back because what was exposed in an online world is that they liked Christianity. They liked Christians. They liked the Sunday gathering. They liked having friends. They liked free coffee. They liked being a part of a community that encourages them, but they never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that scares the heck out of me. I take very seriously what I feel is a call of God on my life is to shepherd people to heaven. <laughs> Not for you to be a better you, not for you to have more money or more properties or stuff like that. I don't care. I'm trying to get you to heaven. And I'm also trying to get you to experience the love and kingdom of God now. So the way we do that is by having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He is on offer now. Colossians 1.27, Christ lives in you, the hope of the world. Amen. He is here. And so we looked at walking in him. What does it mean to not just come to church and talk about Jesus and sing about Jesus, which is great, 
But what does it look like Monday and Tuesday for a mom and a dad or an employer, an employee, a, a teacher, a doctor, a tradesperson, a barista to wake up truly thinking of Jesus and having a relationship with Him and conversing with Him. And they don't have to become a monk where they just escape from the world and move out to where there's no temptations and shave their head and wear one colour and they try and discover the inner peace and relationship with God. But now in the grit and in the dirt and in the mess and in the chaos and in the animosity and division, what does it look like to have a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ? What does it look like for me and him to be close? That's what we looked at last year. And so we, we preached through Colossians for nearly four months. We looked at how in this little book of four chapters, 44 times, it speaks about us being in him. You are complete in him. You walk in him, grow in him. It speaks about us being in him. We want to look at that. And then for five months, we preached that verse on the wall, which we, I call the gospel to a Christian. John 3.16 is a gospel to the non-Christian. For God so loved the world that anyone who believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And we live by that, that heartbeat of that. This is a gospel to the Christian. There's people who know Jesus and believe in Jesus but walk away and try and do life in their own religion, their own morals, their own ideas, their own strength, their own energy. And He lovingly says, are you tired yet? Are you worn out yet? Are you burned out on religion, doing things in your own strength and energy? And He gives us five invitations. I still beg you, church, this isn't just a recap. I beg you, take Jesus up on those invitations regularly. Come to Him. Get away with Him. Walk with Him. Work with Him. Keep company with Him. Four of them are with Him after you come to Him. I'm not sure, sound guy. I know you're all over it, uh, Kev and Cor. If there's any way of getting that ringing out, thank you so much. I don't understand the sound desk. It's literally like a spaceship to me. I go up there sometimes, and I'm like, holy heck, we're gonna, I'm going to blow up the world. It's like the red button, and you want the president like knowing what he's doing. You're like, I'm just not going to touch anything. All right. And so we looked at that, being in him and, and Colossians. We looked at walking in him, and I pray and I hope, truly, you got to understand, I started preaching when I was 15. So this is the number one prayer of mine when I preach. Lord, let it not just be a message or at the end people go, oh, good message, Dan. Let it change people's worlds. Holy Spirit, do what I cannot do through a preach. Bring revelation, shift people, shake people, change people, mold people. And I pray that last year you grew in how much you know Him. I pray last year you grew in how much you know that He knows you calls you by name. He calls you into a relationship. He wants to walk with you daily. I pray that happened last year. I pray you grew in Him. But something that was revealed to all of us last year, uh, I don't think I'm the only one. Something that was revealed, especially in our border community. I would argue that we, we lived through the most divisive season and in the most divisive area in Australia. And my reasoning for that is, yes, we can look at uh, WA and, you know, I, I do my best not to get into political statements and anyone can think what they think and vote what they thunk. Think what they think and thonk what they thonk. <laughs> vote how you vote, I don't mind. But, you know, this isolated state, and we could say that's divided, but they're actually, they still like him. They're still voting him in. He's quite popular over there, so there's not division there. We look at the lockdown happening in Victoria and we've got family in Victoria and they're like, it was tough and it was brutal. Six lockdowns, I can't imagine that, but there's not too much division. We look at New South Wales, we've got so many friends and church in New South Wales. That was tough, online lockdown as well, but there wasn't division. We, the Gold Coast, were completely divided. 
friends, family, workplaces, business owners, literal, physical division, but also political, also our concepts and our views of what is happening right now in terms of is there a government overreach, in terms of your view on the vaccine, in terms of your view on the, the lockdowns, in terms of your view on borders. This was, it was the most divisive time for us. And the reason I want to point that out quickly is it's okay for you to be a bit exhausted from last year. It's okay. Have grace on yourself. Understand it. Man, I'm just tired from the amount of noise that mainstream media created and, dare I say, should be held accountable for, but I'm not allowed to say that over the mic, so I won't say that, but... (laughs) just a bunch of clickbait trying to create fear in the media and in social media was just full of anger. So it's okay to be exhausted, but here's the thing that I think was exposed last year is that a lot of Christians held their view of the events and situations of last year. They, they were more passionate about that than the gospel. I believe I experienced and witnessed and saw Christians more passionate about their stance of last year than their desire to be on mission with Jesus. I believe last year what was exposed is Christians were were more passionate about their stance than their desire to truly flesh out what does gospel community, biblical community look like. What on earth? We love the word community. Like, let's be honest. The word community, is, it's cool. It sounds beautiful. Part of such a nice community. Oh, my kids go to the school. It's such a beautiful community. I live in this suburb. Such a good community. Oh, we, we always go to this place. Such a good community. What is community? What is it? it it's, I tell you this. It, it's more than simply thinking the same way and being in the same location. Uh, Dare I argue, common unity, community, is about a group of people wrestling and, and fighting and working out differences to grow closer together. And it's a space of grace. It's a space of differing political views. It's a space of differences and different ideas. And that's what makes the body the body. So this year... We are looking at still walking in Him, but together. What does it look like for an entire year, not just for you and Jesus to be healthy, not just to be like, oh man, I was reading Philippians the other day, it's such a sick book, God is so good, awesome. But in that same desire, in that same pursuit, when the person sitting next to you is completely grinding your gears, they're so flipping frustrating. How do we not unfollow them on social media and just sit somewhere else in church, but grow in Him together? Work it out together. How many married couples in the room? How many people had the perfect marriage the moment you said, I do? (laughs) Sorry, can we turn the house lights up? I can't see any hands just yet. What would have been exposed pretty quick is, what? She thinks that way? What? She reacts that way over something so small? I know my towel's on the floor. I put it there. 
don't have to tell me twice. I know my clothes are on the floor there. I'm wearing them tomorrow or the next day. I haven't decided yet, to be honest. But why would I put it away if I might wear it within the next calendar months? Just kidding. I'm the tidy one, all right? No, anyway. <laughs> this might be the last time I speak to you, so I love you guys so much. It's been such a great journey. In my eulogy, just put, I love Jesus. That's Okay, so... But what gets exposed quick is as these two wonderful people with individual experiences, with different, probably different positions in their family, maybe the oldest married the youngest, maybe they came from, uh, my parents were together, my parents were divorced, my parents were Christians, my parents were not. These two people with two personalities naturally given to them from God, with two ways of thinking naturally given them by God, with two different experiences that life and school and university and workplaces and friendship circles have now cultivated and created these two wonderful unique people that Scripture calls them to become one flesh. <laughs> and it's often not that simple. Ah, it's often <laughs> bits getting chiseled off and grinding two rocks together. But the goal in God is oneness. Dare we say <laughs> that instead of just two people, for being a part of church, roughly 400 people, just maybe there's a few more edges and angles and things that are coming to grind you. And dare I say it's a good thing. Embrace it. I love you, but you're not perfect. And I love them, they're not perfect. I love, they're not perfect. But together, we're becoming one body. You were saved into a body of Christ. You are not our body of Christ. Just to remind you of that. You are a part of a body of Christ. You might be the index finger. So flippin' frustrated that, that the knee doesn't point at things to highlight them. You know, like, oh yeah, over there. Oh yeah, see that person down there? Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, how about we eat over there? And the index finger's like, I am so awesome. Everyone knows what I mean because I do my job. And I get so flippin' frustrated at the knee... Oh, how about we go eat over there? <laughs> Who are you talking about? Oh, clearly that one. I even did. <laughs> clearly that guy. Why doesn't the knee do what I want it to do? Why does it think or react how I want it to? Because the knee's not created that way. It's not meant to do that. But you can point over there all you want. You're not getting there unless the knee does what it wants. Unless the knee does its job <laughs> and bends. Thank you, Jesus, for fish oil tablets. The older I get, I swear, it's just like everything hurts all of a sudden. I'm like, good Lord. You are a part of a body, Christian. Embrace it. Lean into it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. You, you will flourish as the you God created you to be when you surround yourself with people who are so different. So, so different. And that's a good thing, long term, big picture. <laughs> All right. And so what I want us to get this year, let's walk in Him together. What does that look like? It looks like doing things outside of what you feel like doing in the moment. 
What does it look like? It means like some Sunday mornings you're going to feel like sleeping in, and I get it. You've probably worked all week. Saturday was probably a massive day. Sunday, it's raining. I just want to stay at home and watch online, and God bless you to everyone online. We love you so much. Thank you for staying at home. For anyone with symptoms, <laughs> symptoms, thank you for staying at home. People who are vulnerable right now, I love you guys so much, and, and there's going to be lots of Sundays. Wow. I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna chill out. I'm just gonna go to the cab. I'm just gonna go away. I'm gonna go for a surf. I'm gonna do this, and I'm fine with that. I get that. Trust me, I get that. But part of biblical community is is being here, like here, here. And you might not realize it, but you'd be shocked how impacting your smile and hello is. You might not realize it because we live. I know I've highlighted this before. It's just still, I just. I just think there's so much about social media that is pure poison. And one of the downsides of social media is people feel more connected to, than ever, but they're actually more disconnected than ever. Because you can, you can have a whole bunch of followers and likes and love hearts coming through. It's not someone looking you in the eye and saying, how are you? Actually you, how are you going right now? And you need that. And the person next to you needs that. And so when you walk in, you're like, how was your week? No one else has asked them that maybe. And you're there blessing them and being in their world. So part of community is, let's be here. Let's be here. Let's be at small groups. Let, let's be encouraging at Sozo groups. Let's invite people over for dinner. Let's do life together. How am I talking? All right. If you've got your Bible, head on over to First John. We're going to look at First John uh, later this year for six months. But I just wanted to bounce out of this one little passage, just quickly out of the message translation. My beloved friends. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. My beloved friends. He's talking to a Christian community in this book. Let's just highlight that first. Sometimes I've seen people pull out verses and be like, see, this was you before Christianity, and now this is you as a Christian. This book is written to the church, Christians. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know Him if you don't love. This is how God showed His love for us. God sent His only Son into the world so we might live through Him. Thank you, Jesus. This is the kind of love that we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God ever, but if we love one another... If we walk in Him together, C3 Corumbent, well then God dwells deeply within us and His love becomes, one time, can you say becomes? His love becomes complete in us. Perfect love. The word becomes speaks about a process. The word becomes speaks about a building, a working out, a growing in. His love becomes perfect in us. Let's, let's pray. Well, God, we love you. Jesus, we thank you so much, number one, for saving us. 
making us born again, setting us free, adopting us into your family. Today we get to cry out, Abba, Father. Number one, we thank you for that, God. But also today, speak through me, Holy Spirit. Help us see that we weren't just saved into a relationship with you that we could work out in an isolated situation, but we were saved into a body of believers that are helping us work out our salvation. So God, I pray today and this year and beyond that we would experience a joy that comes through living for you all the days of our life and living with each other until we get to eternity. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, we want to break down a couple of things here before we talk about some things for the year in 10 freaking minutes. Okay, number one, <laughs> loving God is loving people. Loving God is, is loving People, my beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. If you love God, you love one another. I believe I have 1 John chapter 4, a bit, bit later up there, Dan's verse 19 or 20, 20. If anyone boasts, I love God. How many people's social media are full of that? Oh, I love God. Yeah, I, I love God. God's awesome. But then if that person goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. So I want to highlight a difference here. It's understandable at times for us to have offence. It's understandable at times for us to have pain. It's understandable at times for us to have frustrations. What it says really clearly that and thinking nothing of it. If you, it's not a, I, don't, I really want to help us see this. It's, it's not endeavouring to never be offended or hurt or frustrated at someone else in this room. It's endeavouring to not camp there. I get that person hurt me. I get that person wounded me. I'm just not staying here. I'm not justifying my position of why I'm here. I'm at least working to get out of here. So it's very, very clear about that. That person is a liar if they'd stay there and choose to camp there. If you won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he cannot see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Catch this. <laughs> Loving God includes... Loving people, that's just so blunt and harsh. Loving God includes loving people. God's easy to love. You gotta love both. Loving God's easy. I can't see him. If you're anything like me, I have never heard his audible voice. Sometimes I paint pictures of what he's like that aren't even biblically accurate. They're just what I want him to be like. Of course God's fine with me not doing that. Of course God wants that for me. Of course God likes surfing and there'll be waves in heaven. Of course it's happening like that. Oh, of course. So, loving God's easy, right? But loving the person you sit next to, loving the person week in, week out, who can be frustrating, who can see them, who you've actually got to audibly hear, you've actually got to invite them over for dinner and for some reason there's someone who just embraces chewing with their mouth open and you're sitting... And you're like, oh, Lord, I, don't, I can't love them right now. I'm really struggling with this person. And they make the whole conversation about themselves and they never ask you how you're doing and they just go for it. And at the end of the night, you're like, oh, how do I love that person? It's a command. Let's just point out the obvious. Loving your brother or sister of Christ is not a fruit. <laughs> it's a command. And so what does that mean? It's not easy. It's okay for it not to be easy. We're just working on it. We're growing in it. Amen? We're figuring it out together. Loving God, I think it was up there. Loving God 
is loving people. Let us not scream, I love God, and then resent people here or distance ourselves from people here. Loving God is loving people. So this year, walking in Him together is a very natural progression because last year we wanted to look at walking in Him, but it's not okay to walk in Him and hate someone else. It's not okay. How did we, how did we go the last few years? Okay, when someone thinks differently or votes differently, well, the last few years has been more of an American um, issue. I don't, I'm not American. I haven't lived there. I've been there four or five times, but I don't think I've seen that kind of division over the last four or five years between mainly Republican, Democrat voters and thinkers and just their natural heritage. Some people stay in those camps, but there's a lot of division over there. And I hadn't seen that here. I know some people who vote Liberal. I know some people who vote Greens. I know some people who vote Labor. I, I don't care, really. And to be honest, when I walk up at the box, I'm like, well, what do they want? Who, who's who? Like, I haven't, I haven't even looked into it. But the last few years, there's been so much more division in Australia. How did you go with someone who voted differently than you on the same-sex marriage plebiscite? How did you go with someone who is sitting differently to you and thinking differently to you on global warming issues? How did you go on someone who thinks differently to you than the vaccine topic? Christian, how did you go? Because it's, a, it's an opportunity to really create bigger barriers. It's an opportunity to create bigger fences. And Jesus calls us to create a longer table. And that's tough. Because it's nice and comfortable with a bigger fence. Who's allowed within your fence? People who think like me. People who vote like me. People who like what I like, people who eat what I eat, they're allowed within the fence. And we create a longer list and bigger fences. And Jesus is like, no, invite more people over. You look at the Gospels again and again, he's just breaking down fences and barriers. He eats with tax collectors. He eats with prostitutes and sinners. He sits by the well of a woman outcast, even by other Samaritan women. She's by herself, married five times, living with a dude. Jesus breaking down fences and walls left, right and centre, saying, church, build a longer table. In the last few years, you've been given an opportunity to build a higher fence because of what's going on on social media and media. And Jesus is saying to you, break them down, build a longer table. This year, it's a process. Pulling down the fence <laughs> and extending the invitations to the table. Second thing, if loving God is loving people, well, then what does loving people look like? And for me, loving people looks like serving people. This is how God showed His love for us. So God wants to demonstrate, not just tell you He loves you, show you He loves you. Well, here's what He did. He sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. How did God show you He loves you? Jesus came and died for you. He lived the life you couldn't live. He died the death that the sin in you deserved to die. He served you. We looked at last year, Matthew 20, 28. The Son of Man came to serve not to be served and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is how God demonstrates his love. He serves, he went out of his way, front footed. I'm gonna show you I love you. I'm gonna serve you. I'm going to be front footed. Can I, after today, we're gonna to do six weeks out of Acts 2, uh, after the day of Pentecost when they were in one accord. We're gonna look at the six things we see of what does in one accord actually mean? What does it look like there? But here's the thing, please don't sit there. I, I hear this a lot the last five years and not just our church, a bunch of pastors I'm talking to or even Christians I meet. I hear a lot of people do this. I wanna be discipled. 
Okay. So I'm going to sit here and wait for someone to come up to me, older, more mature in the faith. I'm going to let them invite me out for coffee. I expect them to pay because they're discipling me. I want them to give me revelations and, and break down the Word of God for me. I want a full diploma in theology before we finish our discipleship journey. And then, not only that, I want them to be on call 24-7 in case I'm feeling icky. Someone to call, someone to be there for. But then when they invite me over, I fully expect that I should be allowed to say yes and at the last minute change plans if a bit better and more inviting invitation pops up. Like someone else is inviting me over that I want to hang out with. I want to be able to say yes to them, but when they challenge me, I want to be able to say, how dare you challenge me? But I want to be discipled. <laughs> We're going to look at that this year. <laughs> Jesus said, hey, if you want, to, you want to be disciples, you, you want to follow me, come, well, come follow me. And I'm going to make you fishers of men. Matthew chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. You, you, want to come, you want to be a disciple? You want to follow me? Well, come. And I'm going to make you a worker of the gospel. I'm going to make you front-footed. I'm going to make you outward-focused. Fishers of men. How many people have seen fishermen, not by a rod, sit on the shore going, yeah, I love fishing, just waiting for them to swim up to me? You've got to put in effort. There's sacrifice. There's eff- You've got your flipping hands dirty and stinging like fish. I hate fishing. You know, it's like, oh, it's like three days of like, what is that? I'm just going to go and buy a fillet. It's a lot easier, isn't it? Thank you for everyone else who likes fishing. And I'm going to cook it up because I love eating it. But I don't want to be a fisher. Like, I know the effort involved. I know the impact. I know the mess involved. I'm not going to be a fisher because I know it's dirty and I sacrifice. I get bitten by midges sitting on a stupid beach. Probably just going to catch something under the size and have to let it go anyway. I know the effort involved. So I'm not a real fisher person. And if you want to be a disciple, then you've got to absolutely weigh up the cost. You're going to get your hands dirty. It's going to be a sacrifice. It's going to impact other areas of your world. But if you really want to be a disciple of Jesus, it looks like serving people. It looks like going out of your way for an often unthanked job to help them. Because disciple, the goal isn't me. The attention's not on me. The attention's on the world. Let's be disciples together. Loving people looks like serving people. And the final thing I'll look like uh, with time, the final thing we'll look at is serving people equals loving God. It's a circle. <laughs> loving God is loving people. Loving people is serving people. Serving people is loving God. Look at this. But if we love one another, if we love one another, if we put one another first, well, God dwells deeply within us. Church, does that excite you? If we love one another, truly love one another, biblical love, not Instagram love, not cool love, not repostable love, Dirty, behind the scenes, unthanked tasks. Being there when no one's looking. How are you going? Oh man, do you want to catch up and get a coffee? That sounds like a really tough season. If we love one another, God dwells deeply within us and his love becomes complete in us. Perfect. I'll finish with this for time. We'll just touch on it. Jesus died, resurrected, comes and he comes out of the disciples and we hear this beautiful story in John 21. There's a resurrected Christ. The disciples have gone back fishing. Now come and have some breakfast. Jesus is talking to the disciples. He's like, come on, eat. Let's, let's eat breakfast. You've been fishing all night. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them, the bread and the fish. So resurrected Christ. If there is, if there is anyone 
to demand, you cook me some fish and some bread, I'm hungry. <laughs> it's the freaking resurrected Christ. Can we be clear on that? Like if there's one person who if they demanded, I'm like, absolutely, Lord. Like, yeah, I'd be an honour. And he takes on the position of a servant. He's like, no, I'll serve you. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. And then the conversation gets really wonderfully confronting. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these, the other people there? Yeah, Lord. He replied, you know I love you. Great. Then feed my lambs. Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Well, then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Third time he asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. Great. You know I love you. Then feed my sheep. What does loving God look like? Helping other people. What does loving God look like? Serving other people. And when you serve people, you show you love God. This isn't a workspace thing. It's not a manipulation-based thing. Like, I don't think you really love God. You haven't, you're not a roster. You don't help people. Don't take it as a manipulating way. But the reason I like putting a bunch of scriptures up there is at the end of today, you can't hate me. <laughs> you can hate the Word <laughs> and what God says, but that's between you and Him. <laughs> but when it's in the Bible, we've got to look at it, right, and take it seriously. And Jesus said, if you really love me, well, then you're going to go and help other people, serve other people, take care of other people, feed other people, help other people. So let's love God. Let's show that we're walking in Him from last year by loving people. Let's love people wholeheartedly and we show that by serving them. Let's start with the faith community well before we walk on out into the world, okay? This just my opinion. I believe right now in the current things happening in our society, that the, our community, our neighbours, the people we work with, the people who don't know Jesus out here in our suburbs, the best representation of Christ, the best form of evangelism we can do right now is love each other well. It's just my opinion. I don't think people want to come to church when they see so much hatred online towards brothers and sisters. You guys are Christian. You talk to each other like that. Why would I come? Why do I want that God? I think one of the, my opinion is one of the best ways we can let our light shine right now. Let's love each other well. So we love God by loving people. We love people by serving people. We serve people, and that's the same as loving God. That's how we show we love God. Amen? Now, we do that through three ways. This year, we're, we're talking on walking in Him together. Now, that's everything. I shouldn't say three ways. That's everything. That's a hello at the door. That's a coffee tomorrow. That's a dinner party at your house. That's everything. That's we're going to do that every single way possible. But here's the three things as a church this year, three of the things. I really don't want us to limit it ever. Discipleship shouldn't be limited. Relationship shouldn't be limited, right? It's who we are. It's what we do. But here's three of the things that we're looking at this year. Number one is sozo groups will continue. I beg you, if you are not in a sozo group, jump into one. Now, a few at the moment, we're just kind of shifting and figuring out what they look like and who's in them. So give us another month just to figure it out. But if you're not in one, put your name down at the welcome desk. Come see us. Get in one. The word sozo, it's the word used all through the New Testament. It's a Greek word for salvation. And it's the entirety of salvation. It's not just experiencing salvation. It's complete salvation. When it says that you have been saved, the word there is sozo. When it says that you are being saved, 
That word there is sozo. When it says one day we will be saved and go to heaven, that word there is sozo. It also speaks about deliverance. It also speaks about wholeness. It also speaks about freedom. So we in these groups want to work out our salvation. That's what we're doing together. That's why we name them sozo. It's a place where we discover and grow in salvation in Jesus Christ. So if you're not in one, we'd love you to jump in one. I put be in one, commit to one, add to one. Once again, don't just rock up empty-handed like I had such a tough week. Can someone pray for me? Bring me your revelation you've wrestled with all week. You feed me that you paid money for actual food. I'm hungry. Now I'm going to go home. Thanks, team. Add to it. Contribute to it. Be shaped by it. Second thing that we are going to launch this year, just for some fun, we're going to start something called social groups. And I always like starting off something we can actually achieve, light, and then we'll build to something bigger if it feels right. But... Um, this year, they're just for fun. What are you passionate about? Okay, so two eight-week blocks. Two eight-week blocks. We haven't got the dates for them locked in yet. One will likely be just after Easter for eight weeks straight. And then the next one will be later in this year for eight weeks straight. Anyone who's a member here can apply to run a social group. And when we go, cool, that's a great social group, we will then open it up to the church. And it can be whatever you want. We might have a surfing social group. We might have a golf social group. We might have a bike riding social group. We might have high tea. Hello. Do you want to come to my social group, darling? Yeah. And some biscuits, biscuits and cookies and biscuits. They call, still call them that after three-year-olds. Okay. Uh, whatever you want to do. There might be knitting. There might be a, there's going to be a couple of Bible study ones. I know people want to do that as well. There's, there might be something else that's on your heart. That is within the parameter of Scripture. And we're going to do that. And you do not have to run the two eight-week blocks. If you commit to the first one, you're not automatically committing to the one later. You might just go though. But for eight weeks, every week, at a time you pick outside of Sunday morning service time, is a a social group of whatever you would like to do. And hear hear me, what's, what's the point? Purely fun. The point of these, yes, I think it's a form of discipleship because you're hanging out, you're talking, you're laughing, you're discussing what's going on. But the point's to get to know each other better. The point is to invite people who aren't just your same age and life stage. I really think it's going to be a great opportunity for us to get to know each other better and better. So stay tuned for more news on social groups coming up. So there's social groups, there's social groups. The last thing we tried to launch two years ago, and just as it was about to start, COVID hit, and uh, it was good. It gave us some time to perfect it and change it and edit it, but we're launching this year a mentor program. Yay! (laughs) And so what we would like, the the heartbeat of this is someone will sign up to be a mentor. We'll take that person through training and do a, a training night with that person, but then someone gets saved. In church, God willing, let's keep praying for that. Lives to be permanently transformed. Someone gives their life to Jesus Christ. Or I think there's going to be some other people in our church who have been in the Christian circle for a while but still don't have some basic revelations or practices about Christianity. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm saying I think it would be great for you to sign up to do the course. And what it's going to look like is we are, God willing, going to get a mentor who's the same gender and similar life stage as you and pair you up. 
And you guys together, one-on-one, once a month. One-on-one, once a month, we'll go through our discipleship journey booklets and videos we've just put on YouTube and Instagram. Now, the videos are like five, six minutes. The booklet out there, it's just a page, two pages on each topic. But you will go through the 12 spiritual disciplines that we've been looking at the last two years. And then that month, you'll practice it. So first catch-up will be on worship. Watch a little video of what is worship. Read and ask questions and talk to your mentor about what is worship. And then that month, you're going to practice the discipline of worship. Try some different songs. Try some different times in the day. Are you a morning worshiper? Are you a lunchtime? Are you a nighttime worshiper? What kind of music gets you in that zone? But here's what scares me without a show of hands. How many Christians never worship outside of Sunday morning? It scares me. We're worshipers, church. John chapter 4, 24, God is looking for people to worship Him in spirit and truth. He's looking for worshipers. So we want to develop the practice of worship. Next time you catch up, you're going to talk through, oh man, I found this so hard with worship, distracted by kids or work. I just couldn't feel it in the zone. Normal things. And then you'll start to talk on prayer because it's the second discipline. How do we pray? What are some ways to pray? What are some things to pray? Why do we pray in Jesus' name? What's the authority we have in prayer? What should we expect in prayer? Go through that booklet. Watch the video together. Is that making sense? You're going to work your way through one-on-one, one catch-up a month, the mentor program. So we're really excited about that. Obviously, not everyone in the church, you do not have to sign up as a mentor or mentee, person, mentos, uh, person doing the course. But this is a, an on-offer thing where we want to work out our salvation together. We want to grow in Christ together. Amen? So there are the three things this year, working, walking in Him together. Here's my one request. If you forget everything, I hate over-programming or systemizing church, okay? I hate it because it's, it's not revelation. So here's my one thing. If you forget so-so, social, mental, if everything, here's my one thing. Can you endeavour to be more intimate with Christ at the end of this year and more familiar with people in this room at the end of this year? That way, if we're on the same journey of walking in Him together, you might not even do a social group. You might not do the mentor program. You might be in a sozo, but not make it as much as you want. But we're on the same journey together. We're growing in Christ and we're loving each other well. Is that cool?